Moxley gets payback, Hobbs is now a powerhouse, and Abaddon returns in this week's review of AEW Dynamite. So this was, in all respects, the perfect example of what an episode of AEW is, which is really, really good wrestling, and then just some decisions, like just some very bizarre decisions. But before we get into those, let's get into the opening of the show, which is Hangman Page versus John Silver, and holy shit, you could not ask for a better opener. Both of them gave it their all, especially Silver. Silver is easily a future main eventer. The guy brings it every single week, and essentially the story of this match is... Can Hangman get over his loss? Can Hangman bounce back? And luckily, he does. Uh, he hits a big, big powerbomb, buckshot lariat, takes Silver out. And after that, the Dark Order come out. And of course, Hangman's sitting back. He's worried about an attack. And they say, no, we're we're not going to attack you. We actually like you. And then they... They, Uno is phenomenal because he masterfully compares Hangman's time in the elite to what it's like being in a cult, always wanting to leave, never getting the opportunity to. It was brilliantly done, and he essentially offers the Dark Order services, says that if Hangman Page wants help, they're available. And I love that. If this leads to a Brody versus Hangman thing, that would be so fun if it leads to like a breaking off of the Dark Order to join join with hangman versus brody that would be fun i think there's a lot of fun places for this storyline to go and i i really liked it and the match like i said fucking phenomenal like go back and watch it they they brought everything they had um Silver always brings it in tag matches, and I was worried about him in singles, but no, he still has that same fire. He has an insane amount of quickness. So yeah, phenomenal opener. And then we get a promo from Kenny Omega, and it was almost reminiscent of um almost reminiscent of the Roman Reigns Drew McIntyre promo, where of course Roman said, While I was gone, you were the man. You took over, but now I'm back. That's kind of what it was like. It was in this year that I had this kind of off-year Kenny he has had john moxley is now the face on all the ma- magazines john moxley is now the guy to look out for john moxley is now the best in the world but kenny is back and kenny is going to reclaim that title when he takes the uh when he takes the AEW title next week and then the ultimate burn of all burns at the end of the promo he says i i really enjoyed what you said last week but um your dad doesn't sound that tough and i think my dad can beat up your dad fuck burn it was good it was that good dumb kenny humor and i liked it a lot uh so now darby allen blows up a car because i think AEW was just like hey here's some fuck money do whatever you want and he was like i'm gonna blow up a car and they said okay fair enough i don't know how much like AEW higher-ups have when it comes to control over darby allen the man just does whatever the hell he wants he's like i'm gonna set myself on fire in a church and then blow up a car and that leads into will hobbs who has now been rebranded as powerhouse hobbs because reasons like i i know i give wwe shit a lot for 
you know, Elias Samson becoming Elias uh, Andrade Cien Almas becoming Andrade. Like, I know I give them shit. I don't think I've ever seen in WWE something as bad as Powerhouse Hobbs. <laughs> like, if you just take his name away. Just call him Hobbs. Or call him Will Hobbs. Or call him Powerhouse, quotation marks, Will Hobbs. It's, I don't get it. It was very weird, but it doesn't matter because he's fighting Lee Johnson, motherfucker. And Lee Johnson, he's finally going to do it. He's finally going to get that victory. Oh, he lost? Okay, yeah, no, Lee Johnson. Uh, Lee Johnson lost. Uh, Hobbs' finish is like an elevated world strongest slam. It looks really good. And then Taz comes out with a microphone, at which point I thought he was just going to, you know, talk up Hobbs, talk about the newest acquisition to Team Taz. But no, instead, he goes off on a rant on the uh, on management, on the fact that the FTW title isn't treated seriously. And it was really we- well done. I thought it was a little bit bizarre that they were cutting his mic because nothing he said seemed too egregious like he wasn't saying anything against the company he was just actively saying like no i I want my title to be treated with the respect and the prestige that it deserves which i think is a very fair point very fair uh, comment there from him and then cody comes out and cody is in his full uh, evp mode he's got on a headset and he looks at him he goes i respect you and he promotes the match for next week which is him and darby because that's still a thing versus powerhouse hobbs and ricky starks and he puts that over he goes what else do you want and taz is like i don't I, I don't see what the problem. I want my title to be respected. I don't care about matches. And like Taz was fucking bringing it during this one. You could really see Taz wanting this title to be held with such prestige and Cody continuing to pass him off until Cody finally just looks at him and goes, if what you've done is so prestigious, if, if this is earned so much, how come when your son started training, he came to me and not you? And then, of course, Taz uh, very brilliantly like breaks off. It looks like he breaks kayfabe and is like, are, are you, this is stupid. How, why are you saying this? This is, and then he fucking tries to choke out Cody. It was brutal. It was really, really good. And then uh, Taz and his son leave. Um, okay, I kind of want to see Taz wrestle again. That would be interesting. But like, Cody feels like the heel during this. You know, Cody, like, because the FTW title, like, it does have history. It does have some prestige behind it. And, like, they have proven that it has prestige, putting it on a badass like Brian Cage. So, like, Cody feels like the heel in this, especially being like, haha, I took your son away. So, yeah, it was weird, but I liked it. it. It had a lot of fire from both guys. And then we get a promo from Eddie Kingston, basically asking him, like, hey, how do you feel now that the family is divided, now that Death Triangle is reunited? But before he can really get going, John Moxley comes back. John Moxley stares him face to face, basically saying, like, if you were the person who attacked me last week, I will lay you down where you stand. And then Eddie looks at him and he goes, no, it, it was not me. It was absolutely not me. I got my own shit to deal with. You got your own shit to deal with. It was a nice little paranoia moment from Mox, a nice callback to their previous rivalry, and also a nice way for the people who were thinking, oh, it was probably Kingston, nice way to eliminate that. It was a really good moment. And a another way to say hey moxley's back moxley's fine so then we get top flight versus the hybrid two i had one prediction ahead of this match and that it was gonna be some real flippy shit and let me tell you right now 
It was real flippy shit. That was it. It was just a bunch of real, really, really good flippy shit. Um, I love Angelico's submission. That fucking death roll is brutal. Gets them the victory, but Angelico holds on after the match. Evans comes in. They continue to beat them down, leading the Bucks to make the save. So the Bucks are saving top top flight commentary kind of put over the Bucks as like being not the new managers, but, you know, the new teachers for top flight coming forward. And I like that. I would like to see the Bucks take that kind of higher role as a champion to nurture these up up and comers. But yeah, great fucking match. Uh, Hybrid two are phenomenal. They just don't get enough TV time. And yeah, good, good flippy shit. Uh, we get a promo from Nyla Rose, and it is your basic Brandy. Brandy's here because of nepotism. There's the promo. Anyways, FTR are back. So much like Hangman hasn't been seen since Full Gear, FTR finally returned, and they have a very badass promo just sitting around a table with Tully Blanchard uh, saying they're going to reclaim the titles. Uh, it had some great quotes, one of which was, for three seconds you were better than us. Three seconds and that was it. And then um, the fucking line of the night was, just because you beat Jesse James don't mean you're as bad as Jesse James fuck yes i got chills during this it let it reminded everybody that oh yeah ftr are still a thing they are still dominant and there will be a rematch which i'm sure everyone will be excited to see because that was easily one of my matches of the year ftr versus the bucks i mean they they had they knew what they had to accomplish and they accomplished it uh so now speaking of tag action which there was a lot of tag action this night now that i think about it uh jericho teams with jake hager to take on scu and it it, this was really just kind of like uh, uh this was a match to show that the new and improved inner circle with mjf and wardlow are even more devastating than they were before because scu looked phenomenal in this this is the best scu look in a very fucking long time christopher daniels who i was excited to see back in the ring hadn't missed a step him and jericho went at it but no matter how many times they got the advantage the numbers game with the inner circle would always take over. It would always be the inner circle taking over uh, into the match. They distract the referee MJF with a diamond dynamite dozen ring shot to the face of, I believe it was CD. It was CD. Well, obviously it was CD or Cass and then uh, Judas effect. And then Hager pins one, two, three. And then during their celebration, Kaz sucker punches MJF and then the entire inner circle like a swarm of dogs just beat down SCU until Scorpio Sky makes the save so I don't know if they're going to be feuding with them going forward I I don't know where this is going but I really really enjoyed it in fact it set up something I'm really excited for next week Uh, but before we get there we have a new segment from Miro and Kip Sabian the video game extravaganza I know I've come up with bad names for things, but holy shit, I understand this was a one-off thing that they were doing for a backstage segment, but guys, come on. So, uh, this this is fucking great, because they're, of course, introducing it, and then the camera pans, and Orange Cassidy's just sitting there, and then he turns off the Xbox and then leaves, which I kind of wish is where it ended of just orange cassidy trolling them and then leaving but no instead they follow him outside into a sneak attack from the best friends who get the advantage uh they power bomb kip into a porta potty and then i don't know what happened because miro grabbed the camera and screamed move out of the way 
And then that was it. That was the rest of the segment. Uh, so now we get a repeat of last week of the Omega Moxley signing. And yeah, this was so much better than last week. Firstly, uh, I like that AEW kind of realizes when things are getting old. Because uh, during Kenny's entrance, I was sitting there going... This was kind of fun the first time it happened, and now it's getting old. The only pop I get is the North Carolina moment. But outside of that, like, Kenny's entrance is getting bland. And they fix that by having Moxley's silhouette show up behind Kenny's in the entrance ramp. And then Mox proceeds to beat the living shit out of Kenny before grabbing a microphone and cutting a phenomenal promo. Like, when Mox is on, Mox is fucking on. Um, Like, he, he looked at him he goes i don't know who you hired to take me out but they did a piss poor job because i'm still standing if you need help next time i got a few friends in philly you can call and they'll do a much better job that was great um then like i know it's a cliche line but him looking at kenny and just saying when you come at the king you best not miss and then doing kenny's own taunt at him and then saying steady your hand aim and take your shot because it's the only one you're getting fuck he was on his best shit i am so ready for this match i'll be honest i know everybody including most of my co-hosts want kenny to win so we get the cleaner back no moxley's on that good shit right now and i know i'm the guy who said mjf should have taken the title off of him but no keep it on moxley moxley forever moxley forever baby although he may want to take off to be with renee but fuck it uh we then get a promo from the inner circle and uh, I love when a heel is uh, ignorant or when a heel like kind of goes against his own world word because MJF's like, who sucker punches a man in the face, even though he blatantly sucker punched a man with a ring to get the uh, to get the result of that match. So I love that. And it sets up Jericho versus Kaz next week, in addition to the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal coming back. So MJF is actually putting his ring on the line. I've got no idea. No idea who's going to come out of that victorious. I wouldn't mind it being Sammy to continue that little feud, but who knows? Uh, up next, we get Sheeta versus Anna J. And this was the beginning of a phenomenal fucking match because Anna J, despite having only had what, like 15 matches in her entire career, is absolutely killer and they had a great video package to open things up which i i know i'm not a big fan of video packages but in this case it works because we're not all familiar with why they're fighting we're not familiar with the backstory so this is just a nice little nugget they can put on the show to give you a little bit of added stakes for the match and it really did increase it um like she does looking at anna jay saying what you need is not my belt it's more heart which is a great little dig and so of course anna comes out with ty conte and then silver five and ten end up on the ramp as well so all the dark order is surrounding them and that's kind of the point of the match is that anna can't get it done sheeta keeps coming back no matter what offense anna throws at her sheeta is always going to have an answer and so of course continuing the will they won't they of anna and ty she asked Ty for a chair. Ty looks at her and goes, you don't need this. You can win without this. But eventually gives her the chair. The referee rips it away. And during that distraction, Anna gets a kendo stick, beats down Sheeta with it, goes for the pinfall, can't get it. Locks in the Queen Slayer, can't get the victory. And there were so many near falls. I had heart attack after heart attack in this match because it was so good. And then just all of a sudden, big knee 
One, two, three, match was over. Like, as soon as it began, the match was over, and I got furious, because it was a fucking phenomenal match. It was the beginnings of a great match, and yet they cut it early. But, of course, they did that because Abaddon is back. Abaddon returned. She was leaving a trail of blood on the ramp. Sheeta looks terrified as hell. Then Abaddon grabs the uh, title, licks it, leaves a trail of blood down it. It was ominous. It was perfect. And it was a great way to end this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. Phenomenal main event moment. You had a great return, a great match. And th- what do you mean there's more? There's, there's more show? Why? Why would that not be the main event? Why? I don't know why. What, what's wrong with Dynamite in AEW that title matches aren't main eventing? Because this didn't main event last week, the NWA women's match that was phenomenal. Didn't fucking main event. I, I don't get... Like, I understand a little bit last week. Because last week you had the Hobbs heel turn. So at least there was a little something. Not not so this week. So we get a basic promo from Matt Hardy, who's in his Money Matt mode. He, uh, he tells the audience to ask themselves, what would Matt do? And that was it. Uh, then we get a promo from Team Taz, and they say, Cody has crossed a line. You brought up Taz's son. How dare you? They want to hurt Cody. And they they talk about AEW, and I love this, because they talk about how much they love AEW. They love Tony Khan. They love the money they're making. They love the opportunities they're getting. They just can't stand Cody Rhodes. And I love that, because that makes them... That lets you know, like, we're not against the company. We're not against AEW. We want to be part of AEW. Cody's the only thing standing in the way. Which further solidifies that Cody is the fucking heel here. Cody made the mistake. Cody is the uh, egotistical ass that he has always been. But they want to portray him as a babyface because he's got that go big show or whatever on tbs so now we move on to the main event the main event that did not deserve to be the main event as the butcher and the blade take on Pac and phoenix and okay there hmm. uh, i'm trying to phrase this in a polite way but last week the big deal was that the Lucha Bros reunited alongside Pac to go against Eddie Kingston's family. Why the fuck were the Lucha Bros not here? Why I don't know if they're pulling some long-term shit with Penta actually going to turn, like do a double turn and turn on Eddie or what, but he just made... No sense to me why you would have Pac and Phoenix when you have the established tag team there. Have an established tag team versus an established tag team. It just makes sense, but AEW doesn't do that. Also, it doesn't make sense to have this be the main fucking event. I know they have a surprise after the match, but I'm going to rant about that in a moment. Because it was... It was... uh, Fuck... It was an all right match. It, it was like there was one weird botch where Phoenix was going for a springboard. And I think he just fell to the earth like he full on just flatlined. I, I thought maybe Butcher was supposed to catch him and then Pac super kicks him and then Phoenix would have fallen over and maybe hit a move or something. I don't know. But there was a weird botch there. And outside of that, it, it wasn't that good. Like to me, this match 
did one of the worst things you can do, which is highlight the weaknesses of one tag team. And it highlighted for me how weak Butcher and Blade's offense is. Not that it doesn't look brutal. It's just not innovative. It's not fun. It's not creative. You can only, If I wanted to watch a guy do some punches and stomp around a lot, I'd go watch Drew McIntyre, someone who can do it a lot fucking better. So, like... I, I I was not a fan of this match at all. I wasn't a fan of the fact that the reunited Death Triangle did not get a victory in their first match back. Instead, Kingston uh, slipped, uh, took Phoenix's foot out from underneath him on the top rope, and then Butcher and Blade managed to hit a move for the comeback. One, two, three. That's the end. It, it just it didn't feel right to me. I kind of prefer Eddie continuously losing and going more and more crazy. I, I don't think this was the time for Butcher and the Blade to get a victory but that's just me um however i will say what definitely shouldn't happen was lance fucking archer showing up to save uh death triangle so now i guess they're the fucking death square the death rhombus i don't know death rectangle death tangle like because now there's four of them going against a three-man team why why it makes it makes no sense and like i i'm only getting this heated because i love AEW and i want them to do better but i like you had the perfect setup you had death triangle versus butcher blade and kingston that's three on three now you're adding lance archer into the mix so like where how does this fit together it doesn't like i understand lance has been feuding with eddie and now this is the big blow off to that but you already had three on three like unless you're counting the bunny is the fourth member of the family which i don't is Pac gonna be the one who's the anti-bunny like i it, it doesn't make sense i wasn't a fan of this ending and much like last week i think the women should have fucking main evented i think the women should have main evented i think that would have given them more time to flesh out what was already a badass match and then you would have ended the show on the big surprise of abaddon coming back and you could have left went off the air with abaddon holding a bloodied AEW women's title to the sky, a beautiful image to go out on. Instead, you went out on Lance Archer stealing my fucking facial hair and ending the show that way. So yeah, um, overall, I'd say the show was somewhat elite. It wasn't all elite, but it was still somewhat elite. Like you had Silver and Hangman doing phenomenal shit. You had Anna Jay. You had the return of Abaddon. You had John Moxley doing the best shit he's done in a very long time. But outside of that, there was just a few things that really, really bugged me. But do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know down in the comments or on Twitter at Scotty Mo S E O T T Y E M O. And remember to support us on Patreon so you get access to exclusive content and our Discord where we hang out and chat wrestling and watch these shows live and as always remember to follow us on twitter at fight boy show because when you're a fight boy you're a fight boy for life <laughs>